0: Hello, and good morning, everyone.
1: Good morning, Bhante, and good morning, everyone. And welcome to our final day, day 14 of our 14-day Buddhist practice. Uh, Bhante, would you lead us off on the five remembrances, please?
0: All right, Alan.
1: So I'm gonna be uh, hitting
0: the bell. You're gonna hear the sound, and then I'll just... uh, recite the five remembrances. Let's go ahead and begin. I am subject to aging There is no way to avoid aging. I am subject to ill health. There is no way to avoid illness. I am going to die. There is no way to avoid death. Everyone and everything that I love will change. There is no way to escape being separated from them. My only true possessions are my actions. I cannot escape their consequences.
1: Alan, go ahead. Hey, thank you. So as I mentioned, this is our final day. It's been you know great with uh, everybody joining us, whether live or on YouTube. I know it's early for a lot of people, so a lot of people watch us on YouTube as well. But today we're talking about impermanence. So this is our very last topic of our 14-day practice, and it's a very important one. So let me start off with the uh, scripture reading. When death comes, neither parents, children, nor kin protect one and that's from the dhammapada so why is this at the end of our practice uh, and what is this about so impermanence uh is a very central and, and key concept and in teaching inside buddhism it's part of the three marks of his existence oh, i can't say it three marks of existence along with dukkha and non self and it's there because when we fully understand these and able to transform them, this is where we have Nirvana or nibbana, where we are actually able to live as we truly should live in our natural state. So far as how this uh, practice and planner was set up for the COVID-19 pandemic, it was traditionally, at least at the beginning of the uh, pandemic, 14 days was the end of the, you know, traditional quarantine period. So it was showing the impermanence of quarantine, you know, possibly of being sick. Of course, some people might longer being sick, but it is showing that everything is impermanent, including sickness, uh, including st- things like quarantines or stay-at-home orders, or just everything in general. And so part of this practice, yes, is related to the, the pandemic, but it's also related to everything in Buddhism uh, that we, we learn about. That all conditioned things are impermanent, you know, the virus is impermanent, we are impermanent, Uh, our world is impermanent, you know, our thoughts, feelings, you know, all these conditioned things that, you know, arise and fall are impermanent. However, you know, as sentient beings, we're not okay with a lot of things that are impermanent and we, you know, cling and crave to things to, you know, have some semblance of, you know, Impermanence. And that causes a lot of, you know, delusion in our lives and a lot of suffering in our lives. So the practice that we're doing, you know, with the five remembrances are really us confronting our fears, you know, really of impermanence. And then we're having a Noble Eightfold Path to help us, you know, walk through, uh, you know, the, the correct way to really ending, you know, these three marks of existence, you know, including, you know, the, the belief in, in permanence when there's actually impermanence. And then we're doing, you know, meditation, you know, and Bonte, you did a, a great one a couple of days ago with, uh, uh, you know, almost like a body scan, you know, and that's showing us the, you know, impermanence, you know, of our body as well too. So starting this practice, you know, with us at 14 days was fantastic because, you know, you're starting something new, but what's really interesting, like for all of you that started with us, you know, you're not the same person that started with us, you know, on this practice and the person who started, you know, uh, was with us yesterday, you're not the same person today. So we're always constantly changing. Everything's in a state of flux. That's impermanence, right? And so there are things that are, are permanent though. So there are, there are conditioned things and there are non-conditioned things. So for example, Nirvana or Nirvana, you know, it's, it's not a conditioned thing. It's, it's, it's there that's a natural state. So we have, you know, different, you know, topics and, you know, teachings as it relates to impermanence and we want things such as nirvana or nirvana. It's just how it is. It, that's, that's exactly what we want. Um, so far as, you know, today, uh, again, this is you know, your last day with us, but it's not the end. So impermanence should not be looked at as a negative or a bad thing. You know, essentially with impermanence, with all things happen. You know, we can grow up from babies, you know, to adults, you know, we're able to experience different things, you know, and sometimes we look at impermanence as a negative thing, you know, maybe it's a bad experience that happened to us or, or something to that effect, but impermanence allows us to grow, allows us to experience different things. Uh, you are here due to impermanence as well, too, in our practice, but we're ending today, but it doesn't mean that your Buddhist practice needs to end today. We'll talk more about that after meditation, but impermanence is great. Uh, You know, it says we truly understand impermanence. I'm still in my practice, still learning about impermanence. It's it's beyond just, you know, a intellectual level that we are to learn about, you know, impermanence is actually truly understanding it. And that may take me my entire lifetime or more. You know, it's it's a very deep uh, teaching and concept, but it's something that, we should all, of course, understand and learn. And I think this pandemic just really brought impermanence very much at the forefront uh, for a lot of us. So uh, do not fear you know, impermanence. Do not fear our practice ending. This is actually a, a conditioned thing as well too, but it doesn't mean that it's a negative thing or that it has to end. And, and we'll talk more about that later. Uh, Fonte, can you give us some teachings or some of your uh, insight into impermanence as well? Thank you, Alan.
0: So when we think about impermanence, we think about examples like I gave yesterday about growing old, getting sick, dying. Maybe we think about losing people or, you know, government's changing, the world changing, the season's changing. But if we really want to penetrate what the Buddha is telling us, we have to realize uh, impermanence in every experience, the momentariness of everything. There's where we find the freedom from suffering, the impermanence of seeing, tasting, smelling, touching, thinking. These experiences, these sensorial experiences, these things that we consider me, myself, and I, these things are always in flux, always changing empty of anything that lasts. What we see is constantly changing a dynamic process. What we hear, what we smell, what we taste, what we touch, our feelings, our thoughts, everything is so ephemeral, like the little flame of a candle, right? Empty of any true essence, just one, condition leading to another condition. This is really the true meaning of impermanence. We start off by pointing out the grosser levels of impermanence because that'll lead us towards uh, dispassion and letting go of greed and hatred. But in order to break the delusion, we have to understand that in this fathom long body, there is nothing that lasts. In this experience, there is no one thing that remains the same, continuous, from the beginning to the end, from one even from one moment to the other. Here's where we get into the teachings of emptiness. Emptiness means empty of substance, enduring substance of an absolute self that carries from one moment to the next. So when we think about impermanence, we have to we have to really look and see what is it that I call me, myself, and I? What is it that becomes offended? What is it that wants? What is it that becomes sad? What is it that craves? When seeing, what is it that sees? When smelling, what is it that smells? And when you investigate your entire experience, you will not be able to find anything that you can grasp to. And once you don't see there's anything to grasp, that provides you that freedom It breaks that habit from grasping. So we have to be able to really bring impermanence into every moment. Not only, oh yes, I understand that I'll get sick, I'll get old, I'm gonna lose a thing. Every moment, this moment, that's it. This experience, that's it. So when we're put into this kind of situation, when we understand that there only is this experience, we can't, you know, the past is something that already happened and the future is only a, a hallucination or a dream. There's only this present moment. Then we are faced with a, a, a new dilemma, which is a good one. You know, What am I going to do now? The most important thing in the world is what you're doing right now. So what are you going to do now? You have two options. Cultivate the wholesome, do what is skillful or do what is unskillful, right? Do those things which... Do not lead to suffering. Do not cause suffering for yourself and others. And that guide you towards Nibbana, the ultimate release, the ultimate freedom from grasping to me, myself, I, and all these egocentric, self-centered ideas that are caused. Because we think that seeing is permanent, smelling is permanent, tasting is permanent, emotions are permanent, memories are permanent, thoughts are permanent. But they're not. So now I'd like to share a simile with you uh, that the Buddha taught. So during the time of the Buddha, he went uh, to a king and he said, king, imagine this scenario. Imagine you sent out four messengers in each direction. And after some time, they came back and the first messenger coming from the North would say, uh, your majesty, uh, while I was exploring in the North, I saw a huge mountain higher than any other mountain, covering everything, coming this way, destroying all life, all the trees, everything in its way. There was a huge massacre and carnage. Please do what you see fit. Then another messenger would come from the west, another one from the south, another one from the east, and all of them would report, your majesty. In my travels, I saw a huge mountain that was crushing all life, crushing all things, as high as possible that no one can escape. A great, great, great loss of life uh, in front of these in front of this mountain, heading in our direction. Do what you think you, uh, you see fit. Then the Buddha asked the king, uh, so what if you were in this situation where you were surrounded by all sides by an impending doom, a great tragedy, a great death, what would you do, your Majesty? The king said, when surrounded by death on all sides, what option do I have but to practice Dharma? What else is there but to do what is right? Then the then the Buddha goes, excellent, A very good answer, your majesty, you answered correctly. And you know these mountains, it's the mountain of sickness, the mountain of old age, the mountain of losing those things that you love and the mountain of death. These are the four directions. So you're actually living it. You are surrounded on all sides at every moment by death, because no moment is secure. There's no guarantee that the next second you'll be alive. So what do we do when we recognize the momentariness, the ephemeralness of our lives? We should do what's right because we don't know if we're gonna have a chance in the future to do what's right or to practice. So this I found it very powerful because it takes us away from, I'll start tomorrow or next week, or you know what, New Year's is coming up a couple of weeks from now, I'll start practicing in New Year's, no. So many people right now are dying from COVID. There's no guarantee that we won't be one of those pe- persons that's also gonna die. Maybe if not us, maybe one of our family members in our own household is gonna pass away too. Knowing this, what? what how would you wanna live those last days, right? That you may not see your family again because either you or they are gonna pass away. Oh, then you would go around telling them all the things that you wanted to always tell them. You'd be so nice to them. You would treat them so nice. You'd wanna do all the things that you never did. We should live, in the, we should live according to this uh, perspective. This is how you live if you understand impermanence. There's another simile where they asked the Buddha, The Buddha asked the monks, how do you practice um, breathing meditation? Because breathing meditation is an entrance into impermanence. One of them goes, oh, I practice uh, breathing meditation from the moment moment that I go to alms and I come back. The Buddha goes, no, that's not good. The other one goes, oh, I practice breathing meditation from the moment uh, I get my food and I'm And I'm eating it till when I finish, the Buddha says, oh, that's not good. Oh, I practice breathing meditation from the moment I eat to the moment uh, uh, I start chewing my food. The Buddha goes, oh, that's not good. The other monk goes, oh, I practice this meditation uh, uh, while I'm chewing only. Every time I just chew, I'm, I'm chewing, I'm chewing. The Buddha goes, oh, that's a little better, but not quite it. Then the last monk goes, Uh, Every single breath, on the in-breath or on the out-breath, I practice this breathing meditation, sati, awareness, or awareness of impermanence. The Buddha goes, yes, that is correct. That is the proper way you should practice this meditation. Every single part of the breath, whether in or out. So we see the Buddha also put a lot of emphasis on each moment of experience, the subtlest moment. This is how we should reflect on impermanence. This is how we should practice our meditation. No longer than that, because no no moment is secure. At any moment, uh, this body, this world can come to an end. All right, so I think we can finish off uh, with the meditation and then we'll, as Alan said, we'll uh, provide some resources and tell you what you can do from here on in. So I'm gonna hit the bell and we can practice uh, breathing meditation. Just be aware when you breathe in, be aware when you breathe out. Be aware of the breath, and also be aware of the effects that the breath has on the body. And notice how the entire body, how this entire organism is impacted by the breath. And we'll just leave it at that step for today. So I'm gonna ring the bell, and we can practice breathing meditation. So now that your mind is calm, body is relaxed, you can bless yourself with your calm mind. By the power of this wholesome action, may you be free from immature company and may you have good companions until you attain Nibbana. Okay, Alan, so you wanted to share some uh, ideas, right, about what, what what they can do now.
1: Yeah, actually, uh, before that, I'd just like to, you know, go back to permits real quick. Uh, I really enjoyed how you talked about, you know, the, the present moment and the past and future. You know, all, all we really have is just this present moment. And that's where we find, you know, uh, true peace and true happiness. You know, that's, that's what this is all about. And as you mentioned, like with the past and the future, you know, when you start craving and, you know, clinging towards that, you know, you're not living in the present moment. And, you know, that's where we're getting our suffering from. You know, we just got to, you know, focus on the present moment because yeah, conditioned things are impermanent, you know, just like this practice. And, you know, it's been great, you know, the past 14 days, you know, having this practice with you and then having everybody join us, whether, you know, live or via YouTube from all over. Um, but it doesn't have to end here. You know, so uh, we have in the, uh, the free planner, you know, in the back there, there's, you know, a, a bunch of different, you know, links to calendars and to different um, uh, websites and Zoom meetings and I mean, you name it. So the overarching, you know, kind of like theme I want to kind of leave everybody with is don't stop you know, this doesn't have to be, you know, impermanent, you know, for do a little pun on this here, you know, you should really continue, as Banti said, you know, continue your practice, you know, nothing is guaranteed in our life except for this present moment, which will include your practice as well. So we got a bunch of different, you know, you know, links there. And of course, that's all, you know, subject to change as well to, you know, some, you know, groups may or may not, you know, still be continuing, but there's, you know, links to calendars. The big thing is, you know, don't don't you don't have to do this alone. You should really find good, you know, dharma friends. You know, if you have a you know group nearby, you know that's doing on Zoom, fantastic. You know, and right now, as we're currently you know recording this session, you know most of the you know the temples and groups are you know not open because of you know the lockdown orders because of COVID and stuff like that. But we do have you know online you know sessions and quite a few of them, and even if they're not nearby you. You can usually connect with another group uh, elsewhere or temple. Um, now, as far as if, if you're you know new to Buddhism and you're like, well, I'm not even sure like what tradition I'm in. My recommendation is it doesn't matter as long as it's a proper you know uh, lineage back to the Buddha, a proper you know Buddhist uh, you know uh, group. That's fine. You know that's fine. It doesn't matter if it's Theravada or Mahayana. It, it doesn't matter. You know as l- you're going to get the 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 correct teachings of the Buddha. Uh, and that's what's really important. It's just different ways of, of practicing it. So as long as you can do that, I think it's really important. Uh, this planner is your guide, and you know the recorded versions of this uh, practice is your guide as well too. You can come back, you know, even though we're not, you know, gonna be live anymore. You can come back and start to practice over again. The whole part of this whole, uh, you know, concept of this fourteen days, you know, was you know kind of you know geared around you know COVID, but it's bringing you through. Uh, in a nice gradual process, you know, through the, the Noble Eightfold Path, which is core to the, the Buddhist teachings. Uh, and it's taken us it through all of these concepts up to what we're getting today with impermanence to help you break free from, you know, uh, uh, you know, wrong ideas and thoughts and actions and, and things like that. So we can truly, you know, exist uh, in our world and, you know, eventually reach nirvana and ravana, and so. Uh, Bhante can you give us uh, some feedback as well too and, and I'd like to kind of before I hand it over to you you know if you can do it to a, an actual group that has you know monastics that's even better you know they need our support you know now more than ever you know because you know there's not a lot of you know in-person temples where you know maybe donations are given uh like that but you know uh, monastics are very important to buddhism uh I always kind of give the correlation or the example where the is like the physician or the doctor you know temples are like the uh, hospitals and monastics are like the nurses or assistants to the Buddha. You know, it's, it's part of this entire, you know, uh, process in our religion where monastics are very important and they're the ones who can properly give us the teachings and, and help us along the path. Okay, Alan.
0: So, you know, uh, during the time of the Buddha, his chief attendant and cousin Ananda Asked the Buddha, Bhante, it appears to me that half of this spiritual life consists of having good friends or spiritual friends, kalyanamitas, to which the Buddha replied, do not say that, Ananda, do not say that. The spiritual life is impossible without kalyanamitas, good friends the spiritual life depends a hundred percent consists a hundred percent of having spiritual friends. It is not possible to practice the Dhamma without spiritual friends or good friends. The Buddha gave such emphasis on the importance of a Sangha and a community of people that are heading in the same direction. So important in order to practice a, uh, not even Buddhism, just even a meditation practice, it's important to be surrounded by other people who also want to meditate, who are kind of working towards the same goal, so you can get feedback, so you can get support, emotional support, psychological support, and just knowing that there's other people out there practicing with you is also some. you get some comfort from that. So I invite you, like Alan did, to to find the group, join a group. Uh, most of the temples that that I'm aware of they have some sort of online program uh, going on nowadays. So as Alan said also try to find you know uh, a Sangha that has uh, uh, monastics that's been around that's that has a connection to uh, legitimate uh, ties. you know either like uh, Tibetan or Zen or Pure Land from either Vietnam or China, Korea, Japan, uh, you know, try to find a place where uh, you feel safe and and you can kind of trust the curriculum and, and the people that are there. And uh, these places, actually the traditional Asian uh, uh, centers are really, you know, tight knit group. So if you really kind of want that communal support like feel like a family uh, any any traditional asian buddhist group you'll get that you'll get that family feeling where you can call someone and say you know what like my car broke down that's also part of dharma practice helping others right and being able to ask for help so i really encourage you to do there's a whole list here in the planner of both theravada mahayana and Vajrayana places that you can go to find the sangha and and become part of the community. And, um, you know, try to make it like your family, even though you're online. um, It's so, so important. So important. As I give you the example, the Buddha said 100%, right? It consists 100% of Kalyanamitas, good friends. This path is not possible. And I believe the same thing with anything, meditation, or if you're studying to become a doctor, or if you want to, you know, become a bodybuilder, or you want to learn how to sing, you need to surround yourself with people who are trying to achieve the same goal. You know, I I don't think it's a unique knowledge that the Buddha had. (laughs) Anyone who, you know, has some intelligence can figure this out. (laughs) You know, uh, so just, you know, kind of follow this and really uh, try to find a place and make it constant, you know, at least once a week, try to do something involved with this organization or send them an email or reach out to them or do something to let them know, Hey, you know, I re- I'm serious about this. I really want to be part of this group. And once they realize this, you'll, you'll see how, how inviting and warm they are and how they'll reach out to you. Uh, so that's just kind of my suggestions that I have uh, from where to go from here as we finish this 14 day planner.
1: And you guys can also, you know, as you're kind of navigating this as well, if you have any, you know, questions or, you know, even feedback about this practice we had right now, you know, you can leave a comment on the YouTube, you know, post is going to go up. You can also, you know, reach me and Bonte, you know, through social media. So, like, we're not going anywhere either, you know, at least right this moment. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's absolutely finding, you know, a tradition, a a temple, um, you know, around you is, is really important. Uh, and eventually this pandemic will end. It'll end, you know, and then you can actually go back to the the actual, you know, brick and mortar, if you will, uh, temple or or group, you know, that that'll come back, of course, eventually.
0: Okay, everyone. So so nice of to see and to have you here with us today and for the last 14 days. And until next time, may you be well, happy, comfortable, and peaceful. Bye bye. Bye bye.